Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. I'm not going to do my usual spiel that I say at the beginning of most episodes. I'm going to be talking a bit about something a bit more personal, and it relates to my puppy, Boris. Over the past month, I've noticed that his breathing has become a bit different. It's raspy, he's a bit out of breath more, and he tends to hack up his food a bit more while eating. So I took him to the vet and I found that he has a uh, condition called laryngeal paralysis, which is the first stage of a neurological disease that's similar to ALS in humans. But thankfully, that's slow moving and it's not really a concern until well down the road. But what is a concern now is the paralysis. And this is caused when abductor muscles in the larynx are not working properly and they're not expanding and opening for a deep breath. And so it's not a horrible condition initially, but... It does mean that generally he would have one to three years left, um, or in some cases, in more extreme cases, dogs only have a few months. So I'm looking to raise some money for his surgery. Uh, it costs $5,000, which is not cheap and well beyond what I can afford. So I've organized a GoFundMe. You don't have to, to donate. If you can even just share it, I would appreciate it. I just would like to get a few extra years with my dog. A bit of cool news. My other podcast, Canadian History X, is up for a Canada Podcasting Award in the category of Society and Culture. So to vote, you need to be a podcaster. So if you are a podcaster and you enjoy my shows, I would truly appreciate it if you could give me a vote. The link to vote will be in my show notes. And thanks again. The area of New Norway was in the territory claimed by both the Cree and the Blackfoot in what is today central Alberta. For centuries, the two nations would occupy parts of the territory, which was fruitful because of the bountiful flora and fauna, and the bison herds that migrated to the area through the year. As Europeans arrived from the east and pushed indigenous groups to the west, these conflicts increased and would not be resolved until the late 1800s through treaties signed by the Cree and the Blackfoot. Today, New Norway sits on Treaty 6 land. In 1881, north of where New Norway would be, a small mission was established by the local Métis for Father Hippolyte Belivier, who first came to the area in 1881. The first structure was a house and chapel, but it proved too small, and in 1883, construction began on a new church. 
the Métis volunteered their time to build this log church using post-on-sill methods that were developed by the Hudson's Bay Company. The Catholic Church of St. Thomas still stands to this day and is an iconic part of the landscape. In 1915, siding was put on the church and a belfry was added. Father Bellevue would continue to administer to the Roman Catholics of the area at the church until he passed away in 1937. The church still has its original bell, which was a gift made by Bishop Joseph Thomas Duhamel in the early 1890s. I want to talk about the Local History Atlas. This was created by one of my listeners, Ben Woodward, and it's fantastic. It's this wonderful website where you can see a, a Google Maps image of Canada and you can visit all of the places in Canada. And within these places are my local history podcast episodes that you can listen to. And one of the great things about it is you can add to it. You can put your own pictures in. You can put your own information. It's creating this wonderful historical mosaic of Canada. And it's a wonderful website. Uh, I have the link in my show notes, but if you also want to visit yourself, it's atlas.digitalhistory.ca. And we can create this wonderful mosaic of Canada's history. All of us, you can learn about Canada's history. If you're going on a road trip, you can use this wonderful site to see where you're going and the amazing things that you can see. So be sure to check it out. The first settlers to come to the New Norway area were brothers Ludwig, Lars, Evan, and Ole Olstad, who had come from Minnesota, where their family had immigrated from Norway prior. Originally, the brothers arrived in Wetaskiwin, and then they began to explore the surrounding countryside to find the homestead that they wanted. They traveled over the land, which at that point was mostly unsettled, bringing cattle, sheep, implements, and household effects. The land they would settle was along the Battle River, which would be called Gould's Crossing. As they settled there, the area became known as the Olstad Settlement. The brothers worked the land for four years before getting their families to the area. The Edmonton Journal reported on February 21, 1942, 50 years after the area was settled, quote, On the whole, it was not so hard to make a start. There was an abundance of wild hay and wood. The first houses and barns were built of logs and sawed roofs, end quote. In 1892, the railway was constructed through the area, and more families, who originally came from Norway, started to settle in the greater numbers. With so many new settlers, the settlement changed its name to New Norway in 1895. It wasn't just Norwegian settlers in the area, though. It was also Swedish and German settlers as well. One settler who arrived in 1893 was Gulik Iverson, who came to the area from Minnesota and joined the other Norwegian families in the area. He would construct a homestead and built a small log home using dovetail corner joints, a technique Norwegians brought to Canada. Eventually, Iverson would construct a larger log house, and this building still stands on the homestead and is one of the few remaining Norwegian log houses in Alberta from this first time of settlement. In 1993, the entire homestead, including the log house and other structures, became a registered historic resource. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. 
Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. New Norway continued to grow when by 1903, the community had a blacksmith shop and a general store. Nearby, there was the Verdon School, which was built in 1902 and would be expanded with a teacherage in 1915. The school was built by local German settlers, and the school was originally named New Berlin School. The first teacher was Mabel Chandler, and there were about a dozen children at the school. During the First World War, to prevent hostility in the area, the name was changed to Verdon School to honour Canadian soldiers fighting overseas. The school would stay open until 1952 when it closed and became a community hall and church. Today, the Verdon School remains one of the oldest one-room schoolhouses still standing in rural Alberta, and in 2010 it was made a provincial historic resource. In 1909, the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway was built nearby, and the entire community picked up and moved to be along the railroad. This was actually a common occurrence in the prairies, and most buildings were moved on skids pulled by oxen. Before the town lots went on the market, it was already generating a lot of interest. On October 13, 1909, the Edmonton Journal wrote, quote, For a town site not yet on the market, let alone on the map, New Norway, the first town to be surveyed on the Calgary-Tofield line of the GPT, shows remarkable vitality, end quote. On October 14, 1909, the town site of New Norway went up for sale with 14 businesses being established in the first month. Commercial lots were selling for $250 or $6,300 today, while residential lots were selling for $150 or $3,800 today. On May 6, 1910, New Norway was incorporated as a village, and three days later, the first council was established. By 1912, the community had 150 people, and Ole Olstad, that first settler, was the first mayor. Eventually, the last original settler would be Ken Viland who lived on the outskirts of the village and would take part in the 50th anniversary celebrations of the village in 1960. The same year that New Norway was incorporated as a village, the Bethesda Lutheran Church was established. The church is the second tallest structure in town with its beautiful steeple, and only the water tower is taller than the church. By the 1950s, the area of New Norway was booming thanks to a large amount of natural gas found in the area. Several wells were dug to take advantage of the opportunity, including the South New Norway track in which the Alberta government sold for $33,000. In 
Oil was also a big part of the economy in the area at this point, and various companies were investing heavily in the drilling rigs to capture some of the oil under the ground as Alberta as a whole went through a major oil boom. Residents in the area weren't always happy with this, though. Many in New Norway in the area were protesting what they saw as a land grab by Camrose in order to take over their oil fields around New Norway. A petition was put out that stated, quote, We, the undersigned owners of the land in and near the newly discovered oil field in the New Norway district, resent and vigorously protest the encroachment by Camrose of our rightful claim to this discovery, end quote. The influx of money from oil and gas would allow New Norway to build a new hotel in 1961. The New Norway Hotel was opened in a ceremony by the mayor and the two oldest residents of the area. The hotel was two stories and built in an L shape. It included a spacious lobby, a beverage room that could accommodate 72 people, a large coffee shop, a lunch counter, and 10 rooms with modern furnishings. This hotel replaced the original New Norway Hotel that was built in 1910 and it burned down in 1957. I hope you enjoyed that quick look at New Norway, Alberta. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. And I also want to thank all of my wonderful patrons. And I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Sarah White, Tom McMillan, Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Pringnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard T., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nixon Ree, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke S., JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.